chapter number 10 is where we're going to begin in the book of Revelations. We'd like to give a shout out to our church in Liberia, Pastor Lawrence and his congregation and, and remembering them during the, the season. Uh, he, he lost his uh, uh, wife-to-be uh, a few months ago and uh, we're continually praying for him. Uh, he's back and in, in, uh, doing his duties there at the church and uh, just pray his strength as he continues to do what he needs to do. Amen. And that's the work of the kingdom. Um, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And we're praying that God will fill that void. It's something when, you know, one you're going to get married to, uh, uh, and it was pulling a wedding up, upcoming in April uh, 2017, and she passed away. But nevertheless, you still have to go on in life. You still have to go on. All right, going to the book of Revelations, chapter number 10. And let's pray. Father, we thank you now. We thank you, Lord, for uh, our, uh, allowing us to be here this morning. We thank you, Father God, for the presence of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, for who you are and what you mean to us in our life. And we thank you, Father God, for your word. Now, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would just continually close us in righteousness, Father God. And we pray, Father God, that you allow me to decrease and, Father God, we ask that you would increase in me. And, Lord God, let nothing of, of my flesh, nothing of me be shown. But, God, everything of you, let it be revealed. And, Father God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, he is the revealer, uh, he is the revelator, that he will bring all things to our remembrance. And then, God, you will teach your people. And, God, we thank you for it now. We ask this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. All right, going to the book of Revelations, chapter number 10. I'm going to read some few verses, and then we're going to begin to expound on what the Holy Spirit gave us. Revelations, chapter number 10, beginning at verse 1. And it says, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it was the sun and his feet as pillows of fire. Verse 2 says, And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth, and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, and this is the thing, seven thunders altered their voices. And when the seven thunders had altered their voices, I was about to write. John is speaking. And he said, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up those things which the seven thunders uttereth, and write them not. And write them not. Uh, uh, looking for, our, as far as our topic today, we're going to be talking about the seven thunders, the seven thunders. We note here in Revelation chapter 10, when, when the seven thunders was being released, uh, what happens here, the, um, the voice, that was a voice was, begins to speak and s tell John not, not to write. Something similar to what says what's uh, written in the book of Daniel. But before we can go into the seven thunders, uh, from the book of Revelations, we have to understand that there have been, there are seven thunders in the Old Testament. There are seven thunders. And 
the, the seven thunders uh, in the Old Testament will probably reveal to us what was sealed up in these seven thunders in the book of Revelations. Now, we were going, going to go through a series uh, about these seven thunders. We're going to do that, so it may take two or three weeks to, to deal with this as the Holy Spirit leads. Talking about the seven thunders. And we're going to first deal with those thunders and identify the thunders in the book of Revelations. Now, let us go to the book of St. John, chapter number 12. 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 Because we want to deal with these seven thunders and then to identify the thunders. Amen? All right, now, uh, St. John, chapter number 12. Looking at verse number 28. Verse 28 says, uh, Father, glorify thy name. Jesus is speaking. He says, Then uh, came there a, what? a voice from heaven, saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Now, verse number 29 says, The people, therefore, that stood by, and they heard it, said that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. So what we have to understand is, and what we have to identify, that when you look in the book, uh, uh, when you uh, understand that the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, that the word voice there means, one of, one of its meaning is thunder. It means crackling, but it also means thunder. So here it is, as Jesus is asking the Father to glorify him, then there's this voice that, that comes from heaven. And the, and the people that stood by, it said it thundered. So that lets me know that uh, uh, the voice that we hear from heaven, that thunder that we hear from time to time, is really the voice of God. Amen? It's the voice of God. Now, verse number 30 says, and Jesus, and Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sake. You know, a lot of times, even now, I, I know I did it when I was smaller, but I even do it now, even I'm at my adult age and in my, my senior age, that whenever it thunders, <laughs> whenever it thunders, it is the voice of God, and I sit still, I, I get to a place of quietness. And, uh, and I was thinking about that when I was thinking about the voices, the voice of God as it, as it thunders. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And I thought about the lightning because, you know, there's thundering and then there's lightning. And God says that lightning is nothing except his voice returning from the earth going back to heaven. <laughs> See, his voice comes in thundering. Because if you know that, anytime you have a, what they call a thunderstorm, and if it's true, it shakes the whole earth, right? And you can hear that boom, 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 and these things begin to shake. But when that lightning is already there, when it's going back, really, it's really going back because it has already hit the earth. It, God says it's the voice, it is his voice returning back to heaven. I said, God, that's, that's awesome, that's phenomenal. But let's deal with the first thunder in the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of Genesis, and we're going to look at Genesis chapter number 3. Because what God does is there's some things that's happening when he speaks to it, called that, that thundering, the thundering. 
because we're talking about the seven thunders. And to understand the seven thunders, uh, um, what's in Revelations, we've got to go through the thundering or the thunders in the Old Testament. Now, in Genesis chapter number 3, the first thing we want to look at and understand it, here it is that, that Adam and Eve have been given specific instructions. They were told what they could do and what they could not do, but they chose to do something else. Amen? Now, looking at verse number 7 in Genesis chapter number 3. Now, verse number 7 says, And the eyes of them, talking about Adam and Eve, they were both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. They made themselves aprons. And then the Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, uh, God amongst the trees of the garden. Now, the first thing we want to identify is, now, whenever Adam and Eve had sinned, the first thing they wanted to do was, and when they realized they were naked. Now, I took the liberty to, to look up that word naked, even though it means bad, but it also means cunning. And, and the same list of uh, 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 meanings in Hebrew, the word naked there also means cunning. It means crafty. So, and I thought about that thing, and I pondered, in, you know, by the means of the Holy Spirit. And I said, now, wait a minute, Lord. If you're not talking about in the sense of nakedness, but you're talking about in the sense of craftiness and cunningness, that means that at this point they take on two spirits. They take on the spirit of Satan. Because, see, the, the serpent, now, he had a cunning and a crafty spirit, okay? So what happens here now, the Bible says what they did was they sowed fig leaves to cover, to cover their nakedness, their craftiness. So God says the first time he thunders, they, they hear his voice walking through the garden. They think about a voice walking. They, and that voice, that was the voice of God. It, it was thundering. And what really upset God and, and, and it brought forth him in, in a thunderous uh, uh, voice is the fact that they took things from the earth to cover their sins. Okay? They took fig leaves. So, so God says to me, he said, now, brother, it's like this. Whenever we try to cover our sins, he said, we always cover them with things of the world. We covered them with things of the earth. See, what they did was they covered these things. They took these fig leaves, which supposedly was a covering, and the Lord says what had happened, they had alienated themselves from God. But, and that's what sin would do. Sin would separate or alienate us from God. So when that happened, here comes the voice of God walking in the garden, walking in their heart. That the, the, the thundering of God. They have been alienated. They have been alienated. And God says to me, he says, now what's happening is, he says, what they did because they had sinned, they had brought forth a substitution uh, for the redemption of God for man. They, they, they use things, the things of the earth. Just think about the things that we as humans are attracted to, right? We are attracted to uh, uh, gold, 
silver, <laughs> anything that shines, anything that bling bling, all these things come from the earth, right? Amen. We are attra- we are attracted to to automobiles, you know, anything that clothing, you know, houses, you know, anything that all these materials now they come from the earth. Okay. So what they had done was they had taken the the, the, the earthly things, uh, 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 and one may say the vegetation uh, uh, of the earth, and they tried to cover themselves. They tried to find a substitution for what God had done in their lives. All right, now, now we look at that. Now, let's, let's go to, now, let's continue, and let's go to Revelations chapter number 8. We're going we're gonna to walk just a tad, amen, because we need, we need to get some, some background here. Revelations chapter number 8. Now, note, and remember now, uh, uh, after Adam and Eve sins, the ground is cursed, right? It's cursed. It's cursed. He, he speaks to Adam and he tells him that, 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 that now he's going to have to go out. He's going to have to till the ground. You know, because of his sin, he's going to have to till. He had to work now from the sweat of his brow. But if you also notice that before that transaction took place or transgression took place, God places Adam in the garden and he told him to dress and keep it. He didn't tell him to till it. He told him to dress and keep. Now, the Hebrew word for dress means worshiper. So he was supposed to be worshiping from the garden of his heart. See, true worship comes from the heart. That's why some folk can get there and some folk can't. Amen? Because some people think worship is external. <laughs> worship is not external. Worship becomes it's, it's an internal act from the heart from the very beginning. That's what worship is. So he was placed there in the garden of his heart to worship. Then the Bible says he was to keep it. Now, anytime you're going to keep anything, that means you're guarding it. And he had become, it also says in that translation that it was, he was a watchman. He's a watchman. So now what happens, God's voice, it thunders because the first thing it did, it alienated us. It will alienate us from God. Think about it in our own life. Whenever we, we go outside of the will of God, we can feel the thundering of God. Amen. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I can. Amen. When that voice begins to walk up and down the avenues of my soul, I know it's the voice of God. Amen. That, that's a big difference. Now, when we go into Revelations chapter number 8, we'll look at this. Because when we look at it in Revelations chapter number 8, now, this is very interesting. Because the, the first thundering is the substitution for the redemption of God for man. man. Man has found himself alienated from God, and God will definitely get upset. Now, Revelations chapter number 8, looking at verse number 5. Revelations chapter 8, looking at verse number 5. Now, verse number 5 says, And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it into the earth, and there were what? Voices and thundering and lightning and earthquake. Mm, wow. Then verse 6 says, And the seven angels which had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. Verse 7 is the key. Verse 7 says, The first angel sounded, and there followed hail, fire, mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth, and the third part 
of trees were burnt up and all green grass was burnt up. So, so what is that saying? See, what's, what happened over in, 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 in the book of Genesis when God cursed the ground and, and, and told man now he was going to work from, from the sweat of his brow in order to bring something forth. Now, that is a, a, an altercation against the vegetation of the earth. Now, here in the book of Revelations in chapter number 8, when the angel sounds and he releases that session and the fire is coming down, what we see now, he's releasing uh, uh, actions upon the earth, the vegetations of the earth. Follow me now, we're going somewhere. So, so now a third part of the trees, you know, vegetation, that very thing that God had cursed in the beginning, here it is, we see it again over here in the book of Revelation. So it looks like in the Old Testament, it is revealing things that are happening uh, in the book of Revelation. Okay? Now, let's proceed now to the second thunder. See, the first time God releases his voice and the thundering is when they went outside of the will of God, Adam and Eve, and they tried to cover themselves with the materials of this world. Amen? I mean, it's just like in today's life, you know, as Christians, even down to this season, you know, they have taken a true meaning from this season. And, and, and by the way, Christmas, Jesus wasn't born December 25th either. Amen. So, they, and what they have done is they've commercialized what is going on just to make money. Amen. That's what it's all about. It's about getting the money out of your pocket into their pocket. Amen. So, so, but they're, they're dealing with, with, with these materialistic things, those things that come from the earth. Because everything that we have now, everything that, that we take on with ourselves, it comes from the earth. It comes from the ground. Now, let's look at the second thunder. Now, let's go to Exodus chapter number 9. Exodus chapter number 9. Exodus chapter Number nine. Thank you, Lord. Exodus chapter number nine. All right, are we there? Now, in Exodus chapter number nine, we're going to look at the second thunder. Now, the second thunder is judgment. It's judgment. The second, we'll see the second thundering here is, is judgment, but it's not so much judgment on man as it is judgment on that ground that is cursed. If you note that in Revelation chapter number 8, now you remember now, when, that, when, when it was released, the fire was released from the heavens, that it ended up burning up uh, the vegetation. Amen? All right. Now, looking at Exodus chapter number 9, beginning at verse number 22. We're talking about that the second thunder. All right. Verse 22 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, and there may be hell in all the land of Egypt, upon man, upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. Verse 23 says, And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord said, What? Thunder. <laughs> the, the voice of God comes. But he sends thunder and hail. And then it says, And the fire ran along upon the ground and the Lord. Now, he, he sends fire along, along the ground. Okay? Now, any time fire 
Anytime we see fire runs along the ground, fire is used for destroying. Amen. You know, you, you remember we had this this this, this fire going on, and and, and all all this this forest was burned up, all this territory burned up, and people lost their lives and stuff. See, fire is used to this to destroy. So here it is now, 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 now on the ground. He, he speaks about how it's running along the ground and it's destroying some things. Now, verse number twenty-three says, "And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt." All that was in the field, both man and beast, and the hail smote every herb of the tree and break every tree of the field. Verse 26 says, Only in the land of Goshen were the children of Israel, where there was no hail, there was no judgment. See, what's happening here, once again, that judgment is being released upon the vegetation. It's been released on things of the earth. And because it's being released that way, it, it, it will destroy uh, uh, everything that runs along the ground. It will destroy. It's destroying by fire. Now, there's something we have to understand here. Now, when it talks about how it burns up every tree of the field, what God is saying, he said, the same way I released the, the, the thundering or that curse, because man had alienated himself from me in the book of Genesis. Now God is saying, this is what's happening in our life today. There is so much going on around the world. I mean, if it's, we can't even tell what season it is. And the Bible tells us that. Amen. I don't even think that the weatherman knows what season it is. Because one day it's, 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 it's cold. And they tell you the next day is going to be cold and it's raining. And today is 66 degrees. Yeah, and I, it did do some raining, but it had to do it during the course of the night. But it's almost it's like a, a, a prelude to a nice spring day. Amen. So, so things are happening where we can't understand one season from the other. But we get to understand what the Lord is doing here now. He is releasing things upon the earth. And if we would just go back. And began to look at the things from the book of, and, and the Old Testament and follow it through. Every time God thunders, something happens. Now, we're talking about the, set, the seven thunders, all right, which God did not allow John to record what was being released. But if we follow the Old Testament and the things that happen, we can see exactly what is transpiring or may transpire from uh, Revelation chapter number 10. Amen? Now, he talks about the, the, the judgment. See, he's releasing judgment on, on, on the vegetation. vegetation. Now, there will come a time, and we've, we've spoken this over and over and over and over. There will come that time of famine. That's going to happen. Yeah. There is no way around that. That is going to happen. So, so as, as that's, that, that season in your life is prosperous and, and God is blessing and, and God is adding and, 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 and we're having long hours and we're getting, making more money and there's an increase in jobs with better wages, God says you've got to remember now, you've got to remember that there's, going to become, there's going to be a drought. Uh, there's going to be a drought on, in the land. So we've got to make sure we keep focused and remember what God's saying. So I'm, I said to God, I said, now, okay, God, if you're releasing all of this upon the earth, those, you know, because, all because it started in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, 
the alienation, they tried to cover themselves with the things of the world, or, or, or the earth, okay? Then I said, well, help me, God. Help me understand why is it that you want the first thing you want to do is release uh, uh, your, your power or uh, the things against the things of the earth. And then he takes me to the book of Genesis. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 4. Why is he dealing with this? Why, why is God doing this? And, and, and this is the second, second thunder. Why is he releasing what he's releasing? Why is he doing it this way? Now, he takes me now in the book of uh, Genesis chapter number 4, and I'm going to begin reading verse 1. I, I said 3 and 4 as far as my scriptures, but I'm going to begin reading at Genesis chapter number 4. Remember now, remember we talked about how uh, when God placed Adam in, in the garden, okay, the garden of Eden, Eden means the delight, the, the God's delight, that he told him to dress it and to keep it. He told him to go into a place of worship. And then he said, be that watchman. See, you have to always be a watchman for your soul. Because the enemy is always lurking. Amen. Now, uh, Genesis chapter number 4, uh, beginning verse 1 says, And Adam knew Eve, his wife. And she conceived and she bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. Cain is a tiller of the ground. Well, what that means, being a tiller of the ground, the Lord says, one who clothes themselves with their own labor or their own righteousness. So a tiller is one who, who, who clothes themselves with, with their own labor. You know, in other words, I, I've got this by my own hand. <laughs> you know, regardless of how God blessed you and it's God's uh, doing as far as a blessing, that, that tiller says, well, I, I, I'm the one that got this. He, he has forgotten that scripture that says God is the one that gives us the power to get well. <laughs> he, he forgot that. So he's a tiller of the ground, and, and he's like Paul says, and he talks about his own righteousness. And then Isaiah talks about the righteousness of our righteousness is like filthy rags. So what he has done now, he has clothed himself, talking about Cain now, he's clothed himself or with his own labor or his own righteousness, okay? Now, the Bible says in verse number 3, verse 3 says, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering it unto the Lord. So what's happening here, he brings to God that which is cursed. He brings to God that which is cursed. Now, he brings that from, his, his offering comes from the ground. In other words, he brings that from his own labor, his own, he brings that to God. And see, when we bring our own labor and the things that we have done, or we have come in life to God, God says, listen, hey, you bringing me cursed stuff. So Cain had brought cursed stuff. And so watch what happens when we take the things of the earth, okay? Because, see, he takes something that is cursed. See, that's why God gets upset with us. You know how we can, and, and God's been teaching me on, on, on prayer even the more, you know how we enter into prayer and we go, when we get ready to go into prayer, we go with our own agenda. We got a laundry list of stuff. Amen. We're asking God to do this and God to do that, and you know. But yet we're not saying, uh, as the Scripture says, about seeking his kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Then he says everything else is going to be added, right? But we will go into prayer with all of our own agendas, amen? So we have set our own selves on the throne rather than God. Now, going back to, to Genesis chapter number 4, the Bible says this. It says in verse number 5, he says, But Cain and to his offering, God, he had not respect. And the reason why God did not have respect is because he had clothed himself with his own labor. See, that's what Adam and Eve did. They had clothed themselves with their own labor. They go get these fig leaves. <laughs> that's amazing now. And to, to cover up something, that, you know, the nakedness, they, they, they tried to cover themselves up with, with the things of the world. You can't cover up uh, disobedience with things of the world. It doesn't work. Amen. So, so now here it is. God does not accept or have, or have respect now for Cain's offering. And the Bible says, and Cain was very angry and his countenance failed. But you can also remember in verse number four, Abel, he brought forth the fruitland of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect of Abel and his offering. Well, what that means is he's not a tiller. He's not one that clothes himself in his own labor or his own righteousness, but he's a keeper of the sheep. Now, the keeper of the sheep is he has on the righteousness of God. You know, uh, his, God will make known what our works are. Amen? So what he's saying here now, watch what happens when God does not accept <coughs> Uh, the type of offering, uh, because it's that cursed stuff that comes from the, the ground, that, that what, we, what we will do. Now, verse number 7 says, uh, verse 6, verse 6 says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wont? Or why are you angry? You know, why is your countenance fallen? He's upset with God, you know, because he is a tiller. Is he's using his own works, his own works, and offering that back to God. And God said, no, I, I don't want that. <laughs> That's, I, I don't want that. So he gets angry. His countenance falls. Now, verse 7, is God, you know, God will get in a dialogue with us, right? <laughs> God will get, have a dialogue with us. He will have a conversation. Now, watch what happens in verse number 7. Verse 7 says, if thou doest well, God speaking now, he said, if thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? See, he, he, he became what Adam had become when after Adam got put out of God. You see, when, when, when Adam was a worshiper and a watchman over the garden of his, of his soul, and after, after he, they had fallen, they had sinned, and God had put them out, then God tells him, so you, you're going you gonna to till the ground. So now what happens, Cain had just become now like the fallen Adam. He, he's a tiller because that's what Adam was when he got put out because he had to till the ground. Then he takes on the things of the world to try to uh, bring about his own redemption. Only the blood can, can bring about redemption. Only the blood of Jesus. Nothing else that you put on the altar can bring about redemption. See, the redemption price has already been paid. The blood has already been shed, but man, mankind continues to try to do things in their own way rather than allowing the blood of Jesus that is still powerful today. It has not lost its power. Amen? So, so when our countenance falls now, looking at, looking at God having that dialogue with, with Cain, he says, If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, Look what he says. 
sin lieth at the door, and until thee shall be his desire. Whose desire? Sin's desire. Satan's desire. He says, and to thee shall his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. See, read verse 7 again. It says, if thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted. In other words, if we take on the righteousness of God and believe in the power of the blood, God says, this is what's acceptable. But then he says, and if thou doest not well, then he says, in other words, when you begin to offer God things uh, uh, that's forbidden, that's been cursed, because that's what Adam and Eve did in the beginning. They offered up what was, what was cursed. I mean, they, they put them fig leaves there, and that was things from the ground. I mean, the very thing God had cursed is what they covered themselves with, okay? But then he says, sin lieth at the door. It, sin is always at the door knocking. It's always there. Sin is always there. But then it says, and unto thee shall be his desire. See, sin has a desire. Satan has a desire. That's why when, when, when Jesus was speaking to, uh, uh, to, to Paul, he, says, he tells him, he said, listen, Satan has a desire to sift you like wheat. But then he says, but I've already prayed for you. It is Satan's desire to sift every Christian as wheat. Huh. It's his desire to sift us. Amen. All right. Then the Bible goes on to say, and it says, And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. It's not that you will rule over sin. Then sin will rule over you. Because we have taken on uh, the, the thing that God had cursed. Talking about that judgment, that, that, that vegetation. So that is the second thunder, the second thunder. It is the judgment that God releases toward those things of the earth that we put before him. Amen. We, we put all those things before man, we, 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 before God. You know, it, it's not about uh, coming to, together and, and being in fellowship with one another and, and, and worshiping God. Now it's all about with this season, it's all about what you can go out there and spend. Amen. How much money you can make and to, to, to spend it. Amen. But, but, but that's not what God is looking for. That's not what he's looking for. He's looking for us to be back in that garden, in our heart, being a worshiper and a watchman of our soul. Amen. That, that's what he's looking for. Now, let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 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 We're talking about the seven thunders. That's that. We've been dealing with the second thunder. Now we want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Chapter number 3. Chapter number 3. Because remember now, it's the works of their hands that got Adam and Eve in trouble. You know, they went out there and, and they got them fig leaves and tried to make them, uh, them aprons, tried to cover you know, uh, their nakedness, you know, their, their cunningness and their craftiness. Have you ever thought, how can you out-con God? <laughs> there is no way. Because when I saw that, that Hebrew definition, you know, there for nakedness, not only did it mean bad, but it meant cunningness and craftiness. That's the same spirit of Satan. So here they are. Now, they, they've taken on two, two natures. <laughs> See, before they fell, they only really had one nature. 
Okay? But then after they, they had fallen, they took on that other nature. They took on the nature of Satan. That cunning and crafting. You know how it is, how Satan tempts us. You know, he's very cunning. He's very crafty. You know, he, he paints a beautiful picture, but he never tells the outcome. Amen? You know, just like it is today. No, he'll tell us, oh, it's time to celebrate. It's, it's a time of love and gift giving. and all, Oh, it's going to be wonderful. But he doesn't tell that come January, you got bills due. And you broke. And they're all in, 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 a, in, a, in a box wrapped up with a bow on it <laughs> and not the rainbow. And they're going to take that same paper and throw that in the trash. He don't tell you that now. He doesn't tell you that, 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 that all that money you spend for them toys and for, for those kids for Christmas, you know, you can get them a shoebox and, and design something, color it up, and they'll be very happy with it. They'll think you're creative. <laughs> they'll think you're creative. But that toy that you went and spent all that money on, for the weeks out, they're done with it. But come January, you got to pay that bill. You got to pay Mr. Duke. <laughs> you got to pay your rent or your mortgage. You got to pay the grocery man. See, all these things are due, but we have, we have used a, a, a few days to blow every penny we have. A few days. A, not a whole year, a few days to blow. And then we wonder why we don't have hope, why we got holes in our pocket. We got holes in our pocket because we are not dressing and keeping this, this building right here. Talking about the temple. You know, God says, he said, he said I'll, I'll let you make it. He said, you, you, he said, you so much. He said, but you bring in little. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I got all this money. I'm making all this money. But when you bring it to the house, you wonder what happened to it. I mean, I know I worked all these hours. But where is my money? God said, I went. God blew on it. Why? Because that came from the cursed thing. It came from the ground. You can't give that to God. You might can give it to man, but you can't give it to God. God says it's just like you got holes in your pocket. Anybody been having holes in their pocket lately? It's like you're slaving out there. It's like the more you make, the less you got. And your pocket just empty. God said, because you're dressing the wrong thing. It's, it's about dressing up your soul because time is winding up. All we see is about right now. But we've got to begin to look at the internal. That's going to come a reckoning day. There is going to come a reckoning day. Now, and by me saying that, that means I must going to move on to the thunder. No, no, I'm sorry. Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number two. I almost, I almost went too fast. I almost got to the place of the thundering. Amen. I almost went to another one. Amen. But let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Talking about the seven thunders. The seven thunders. Revelation chapter number 3. Remember now, 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 there's, there was Cain and there was uh, an Abel. Cain had, was a tiller of the ground, and, and he, he did things with, by his own labor, and he was offering that up to God, and it was unacceptable. It was unacceptable. God did not accept what he gave back to him. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, looking at verse number 13. I guess we need to read, uh, um, let me start verse number 11. 
Verse number 11 in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, all these things are things that come from the earth, come from the ground. Then he says this in verse 13. Every man's what? Work shall be made manifest. Every man's work shall be made known. Manifest means to be made known. It says, for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. Remember, fire destroys, right? It destroys. And then the, the latter part of verse 13 says, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. See, fire is a destroyer. It will consume. If our laboring is, 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 is not for the will of God, you remember what the scripture talks about, how these people said that Jesus, they prophesied in his name, and they had cast out demons in his name. Well, the Lord says, you depart from me. He said, I don't know you. See, there's a lot of things we, we, we can do, but it's not in the name of Jesus. We, you can do it in the name of Jesus, but it's not, the, the true essence of it is all about you and not about Jesus. Boy, it sounds like thunder, don't it? God must be speaking in the house. Amen, amen. I thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. Because we're talking about the God's voice sounds like thunder. It sounds like thunder. And God's voice does sound like thunder. I didn't ask, ask for the after effects or, you know, that come, but it came, amen. So the Holy Spirit, he knows, amen. So I praise God because when, you, when we think about that now, now as we hear what God is saying, all of a sudden we're going to begin to listen more and more, right? Because, see, sometimes our work, our laboring is not to, to glorify God, amen. But our works is to glorify our own selves. Amen? So, but God said, I'm going to try your work. See, the, the, those old jokers over there in the New Testament, what they were saying to Jesus, said, listen, you know, you know, because that comes a time when there's going to be a separation from, from the, the sheep and the goat. <laughs> and they try to tell God, okay, I, hey, I did all this. I, 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 you know, I cast out demons in your name and I laid hands on folk and they, get, they recovered. And, and, and a whole lot of stuff. God said, no, you didn't do that in my name. He said, I don't know you. Then he called them workers of iniquity. Well, that's strong language, right? He called them workers of iniquity. Now, he says every man's work is going to be tried. Now, it's going to be tried by fire. Amen? Now, looking at verse number 14 in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, it says, If any man's work abide, which he have built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. God says, now, if, if their work is true, if that what you're doing, if that what you're laboring for in my name, if it's real, God says, I'm going to reward you for it. He says, I'm going to reward you. He said, but your work has got to be tried. In other words, the reason why it's got to be tried, because God said, I've got to see what's in your heart. And not only will I manifest what's in your heart, but I'll also allow people to see what's in your heart. So God said, I, I've, I've got to try your works. I've got to try your works and see what manner of works it is. And, but God says, if your work abide, 
If you're doing whatever you're doing for, for the name of Jesus Christ, God said you're going to get a reward. Hallelujah. Amen. You are going to get a reward. If you're doing whatever you're doing in the name of Jesus, God says, what if you're labor? Sometimes we, we don't like to labor for the kingdom. We don't want to labor for God. Now, we want to labor for him. We don't, oh, I hear you, Holy Spirit. We don't mind laboring for the man. And I almost said the other word. Because, you know, we like to say the other word. You know, because there's too many of us own businesses, right? Or companies, Amen. We don't mind laboring and we'll do whatever it takes to, to get there and we'll stay all day long. We'll abuse our body. But when it comes to God who wakes us up every morning, who provides for us, we don't want to do nothing for God. Oh, I'm too tired. I ain't feel like going. But who woke you up the next day to get you to go to work? See, we, 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 we got it wrong. It's wrong. God said, I'm going to try your work. He said, who are you working for? Who are you working for? It's, are you working for, for me, for my kingdom? We, we say this. You know, a lot of people look at this. We say, you know, working in the kingdom don't pay well. But I beg the difference. <laughs> the kingdom pays very well. The kingdom pays very well. Amen. The kingdom don't have restraints and tell you how you can spend what you've got. See, what the kingdom does, the kingdom will bless me with good health. Amen. The, the kingdom will bless me with a good mind. Amen. The, the, the kingdom will, will allow me to, to be, have my heart filled with love. Amen. The, the kingdom will allow me not to have my heart filled with hate. See, the kingdom comes with a whole lot of benefits. And at the very moment that I really, really need, the kingdom steps in and takes care of it. The kingdom always got people in place that will take care of your needs. And the reason why God says he will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Why? Because God got folk that's in the kingdom that have things that you need at that particular time. God will never leave his children needing or wanting anything. Because the need is already supplied. Now, and we may waste of what God gives us. Amen. You know, getting those things from the ground. Amen. You know, those cursed things. But God, you don't have to work. God will t always pay well for the kingdom. If you live for God, God will pay you very well. And he got a whole lot of benefits. He got a whole lot of benefits. Let's get back here. Let's get back here to the Word. Now, now he says in verse 14, he says, If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Now, verse 15 says... If any man's work shall be burned, he shall be saved. It is about God. God says, listen, if you, for whatever reason, if your, if your work's burn up, God says, I still got to give you a chance. He says, I'll still give you a chance. That's why something about grace, I tell people, I just don't understand. And I guess that makes us a difference between, difference between me being me and God being God. Amen. Because God's grace and his mercy, it is awesome. It is supreme. It's beyond anything that I can even think of. Amen. So we're just thinking praise God for that. Remember now, we talked about the seven thunders. The seven thunders coming out of the book of Revelation. How the, when the voice is altered, God spoke and, then, and there was a voice spoken and said, listen, don't write. Seal this up. 
And he takes us to the Old Testament, helping us to understand the first thunder. And this came from God's voice walking in, uh, in the cool of the day, because he's what cool meaning spirit there. It means wind. God walking there, and he's speaking to Adam and Eve. And they had alienated themselves from God. So God says, I had to curse the ground. See, they put that curse thing to cover themselves. And God said, I had to release that curse on their vegetation. Then the second thing was judgment had to come because we're still offering up, uh, just like they did in the Old Testament, things of the earth to God. God didn't accept Cain's offering. He offered him that thing which, which was cursed, his own righteousness, his own labor, the work from his own hand. Now, what we're going to continue with, and since the time is drawing nigh, we're going to continue with the seven thunders, but next week, if it be God's will, and I know it's God's will, and listen, Christmas is about God, not about man, and not about staying at the house and playing with no toys. Amen. And eating the turkey. Amen. Or cooking. Okay? Now, next Sunday, we're going to deal with that third thunder. I don't know how many thunders, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get all seven in, uh, the remaining uh, four or six five next week, but we will get in what God will allow us, the Holy Spirit will give us as far as the time because of the fact that the next thunder that's going to be released it is going to come from the book of Exodus the 19th chapter that's where we're going to start. Next week it will come from the book of Exodus when there will be a face to face meeting with God the next thundering is when God calls his people or he summons his people to come to the foot of the mountain. And I tell you, that's a time, that's a time, that's a time. Because one day, God's going to call us to the foot of the mountain. Amen. Now let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen.